I need one shoe. I need a watch. I need a cell phone and I need a purse. I need one shoe. I need a watch. Oh, y'all walking out on me now? Oh, excuse me. All right. One shoe. All right. Give me one shoe. I need a watch. I need a cell phone and I need a purse. Oh, don't want to give up the purse. Thank you so very much. Thank you so very much. Now, we're talking about what on today? The what now? The ultimate transformation. In the beginning, God created man in his likeness. God said, I I want to make man someone who can walk the earth in the fleshly realm, but I can also have communion with him. We can have a relationship together. And this relationship is not like any other. God can't have this kind of relationship with ducks. I love ducks. I don't know why. I just love ducks. I don't have any pictures of them. Not in my wallet anyway. I just love ducks. I love giraffes. I love nature. I love animals. I love the mountains. But God wanted someone that he could have a relationship with. But after so many years of mankind's disobedience, through many years of destruction, hatred, bitterness, evil, sacrifice, exile, bondage. God said, I have had enough. After all these years, God said, I have had enough. I created mankind and I want him back. He put it in the hands of man to redeem himself back to God through sacrifices, through praises, through the priest. But he said, you can't get it done. I've had enough. I want man back. Do you agree? Do you agree? God wants us back. Whose shoe is this? How do we know that this is your shoe? You got the other one. He's got the other shoe. So is that a hard one to figure out? Okay, but you're not getting this shoe back. I have never, I've always had a good eye. I fired very well when I was in the Army, marksmanship. I can hit a bullseye, no problem. But I'm not packing any weapons. I promise you that. I have never carried any weapons. Don't have any knives. I know a little bit of Kung Fu. But you brought this shoe up here on your own, did you not? You willingly gave me your shoe. I asked for it and you gave it. But now you want it back. Didn't he give it? Yes, yes. I have witnesses. The whole church. Sit down. Sit down. Oh, you want to move the camera? Okay, so you want to. Oh, now you want to pull out the phone and you want to start taking videos. But didn't you give this up? But now you want it back. But you say you have proof because you're the only one walking around here like this. (laughs) You can come and have your shoe back. Please come get your shoe. See what I tell y'all. <laughs> okay, thank you. Somebody brought a watch. I didn't see. I only, I only remember. Uh, okay, somebody brought me a watch. Who brought me a watch? You want this watch back? But you just like him. I asked for something. You gave it. I'm not going to fight you to keep it. But you gave it. And it's mine now, isn't it? But I, what? it's not mine. Okay, I'll give it back to you under one condition. I will give it back to you under one condition. Are you ready? What time is it? 
You say it's yours. You don't know anything about this watch. You don't even know what time it's on. You don't. Okay, tell me something about this watch. Oh, you don't know nothing about this watch. Is, oh, you're stuttering now. Is this your watch? You gave it to me. But you want it back now. Why did you give it to me if you want it back? You don't know. Help him. Come get your watch. And oh, by the way, it's 1047. My sister gave me this phone. Y'all like this phone? I love this phone. And this phone actually matches what she has on. I think it does. Is this your phone? It is. I don't see your name on here anywhere. Is your name Apple? I see. <laughs> okay. Oh, I can see what time it is. It's 1046 on your. And it's April 1st. Happy Resurrection Day. Is this your phone? Do you want this phone back? You do. Honestly, you really want it back. Okay, but tell me something about this phone. It's an iPhone? Pastor Wendy has an iPhone too. It's an 8. Oh, okay, but she got Oh, that's an 8. That's an 8. That's an 8. But you want this back. Okay, I can't unlock it, but I can, I can figure out a way to get it unlocked. It may take me a while. But you tell me one thing. Do you know approximately how many contacts you have in this phone? No idea. Okay, tell me the last contact you have in this phone. Not the last person you call, but all your contacts. Who's the very last person? It's in the wild. Hello, <laughs> Yankee Stadium. It's in the wise. Why not pizza? You have no idea who it is. Do you want your phone back? But you gave it to me. And you don't even know anything about this phone. How do I know that I'm releasing this phone back into good hands? You can unlock it? All right. If you think you can come unlock it, you can't leave here until you unlock this phone. Otherwise, I'm calling police. Okay. I'm going to let you get away this time. Don't leave town. And now I have a purse. <laughs> Do you want this purse back? You don't. Okay, we're going to have a prayer line right now. You know why she wants this purse back? It's not about what's in it. You know how long I had to ride that bus to go get that purse? Y'all, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that Chinese bus. <laughs> y'all had to ride that bus to get that purse, all right? Some of you. But the shoe, you can get another shoe. And, and it was easy because he had the match. The watch, that's no big thing. And the phone, only she could unlock it. But the purse, there's a lot of valuable things in there. It be credit cards, driver's license, cell phone, lipstick, all kinds of things that are in that purse. Do you know what's in this purse? You know everything that's in there. I'm not going to ask you what's in there, but you know everything that's in this purse. Okay. But in order to get this purse back, you have to prove that you know what's in this purse. And I'm not going to ask you, but you have to prove it. So... Someone can say, all right, well, tell me what's in the purse. 
It's like, well, my credit cards. All right, what's your name? And we can go through this long process, but really the most, the hardest way, the most difficult way that I could make this is you've got to show me something. You've got to show me some form of ID, either a passport or a birth certificate. In order, I mean, honestly, this is the world we live in. I had to, I had to go get a card so that I could get on the base. And they said, no, we used to do that. I had to show them a passport or my birth certificate. My point is this, is when something is the most valuable to you, you've got to work extra hard to get it. The shoe was easy to get back. The watch is like, we don't care. We got 20 more watches in here. We're glad if somebody come and get them. The cell phone, I can't unlock it. It's no good to me. If I could, maybe so. But then there's going to be a bill that's due. You're not going to pay it because you've lost it. But this purse has so many things in it. And if she wants it back, if she wants back everything that's in this purse, she's got to go through some extra steps to get it. God said, I'm going through whatever steps I have to go to get you back. You're worth it. You're not an old shoe. You're not a watch that needs a battery in a few months. You're not a cell phone that you can drop and break and crack. And soon you're going to be the, the I, your, your purse is vibrating. But what's inside of that purse is valuable. It's important. It may not be important to you, Brother Antoine. It may not be important to you, Brother Tom, but it's important to her. And whatever it takes, she's going to leave. She's going to do what she has to do. Stay where you are. Don't move. Imagine how God feels. We surrendered ourselves to the enemy. We surrender ourselves to the enemy. And even though it was done in the garden a long time ago, Day to day, we surrender ourselves to the enemy. We allow the enemy to take and blind our eyes and say, it's, it's better over here. Oh, doesn't this look good? Why are you doing that? You don't have to do that. And God's saying, I will pay the price to get you back. Whatever it takes. Jesus came and he appeared. God said, I'm going to pay the price. So he sent his son and his son appeared and he walked on this earth just as we walked. Flesh and blood. He taught. He watched. He observed. He healed. He performed miracles day in and day out. But Jesus knew it's not about me. Whatever I'm doing, he always put the glory back to the father. He said, it is not about me. Very interestingly enough, in everything that Jesus did, he always pointed back to the Father. Because he said, it's it's not me. I don't want the glory. I don't want the popularity. In modern times and even even leading up today, just just a little trivia pursuit. There are some major companies and some products out there that we use or we purchase that never advertise. Costco. You ever see a commercial for Costco? They might be in the news, but they they don't advertise. Jiffy Cornbread Mix. Have you ever seen a commercial for Jiffy Cornbread? How many of y'all use Jiffy Bread Cornbread Mix? We use it all the time. Krispy Kremes. All over. Never see a commercial. 7-Eleven on every corner. And these businesses are successful. They are very successful, but they don't advertise. Because we love them so much and we're in there and we're telling everybody else about them. 
Why do they need to spend money, hundreds if not thousands if not millions of dollars to say, come buy my product? You already know about it. And finally, for those who are in line to buy a Rolls Royce, have you ever seen a commercial for Rolls Royce? But you know, if you want that Rolls Royce, you need to call your boss and say, yeah, I know I was going to quit, but I still need my job. You need to get your credit right. You need to get your down payment. You need to walk in there in a halfway decent looking suit or something like that. Look like you're selling yourself when you're really going to buy a car. And oh, by the way, a baseline Rolls Royce is called a ghost. $312,000. Then there's the Wraith. Looks like Wrath, but it has an I in there. I think it's pronounced Wraith. $320,000. And of course, the infamous... Rolls Royce Phantom, $417,000. But guess what? You don't have to advertise it because guess what? They can't build them fast enough. People want them. In Jesus' life and everything he did, he didn't advertise himself. Jesus never would advertise himself. In the book of John, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, Jesus said in verse 16, Jesus, knowing what they intended to do, he had just fed the 5,000, and he went away, and they found him again. But knowing they had intended to come and make him king by force, he withdrew himself. I'm not here to be popular. I'm here to exalt my father. I'm here to tell you how good God is and how he wants to pull you back to him. And then in verse 26, he makes this statement. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. Anybody here ever been used before? People hung around. You can show the other, uh, the next one. Yeah. People will hang around you because guess what? You are popular. And hanging around you makes them look popular. People hang around you because you've got a little bit of money. And as long as you have money, they're going to hang around you. Oh, if, if, I can just, if I can just hang out with you all, man, I'll be popular. And then this will happen and this will happen. But when their popularity fades, what happens to you? Does your popularity fade with them? In the old days, it used to be what we call the one-hit wonders. And they're still happening. Group comes out with a song and they're just flying off the shelf. Everybody wants to copy. We're listening to it all day. Then after a couple of weeks, after being at the top of the billboard charts, you never hear from that group again. In March of 1966, if any of you remember the group called the Beatles, one of the singers, John Lennon, writer, composer, musician, he made a statement that said, we're probably more popular than Jesus. He said the Beatles are more popular than Jesus. And I had heard that statement years ago. But I actually found a YouTube video. And he's saying, I'm not saying we're better than Jesus. He was not exalting himself. He said, but right now in the world, we are more popular than Jesus. He says, I love people. And and in his own way, he says, I pray for people. Even after he was shot and gunned down by Mark David Chapman shot four times in the back. 
There was no funeral for him, and his wife says he loved all people. He prayed for the world. So he wasn't exalting himself, but he knew that popularity is something that comes and goes, and it fades. But Jesus didn't want it. And in fact, there were times when Jesus performed miracles, and he would say, go, but tell no one. Because he knew his time had not yet come. Go and tell no one. Why would the Son of God? Whom the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But Jesus would say, no, don't tell anybody. Because my time has not yet come. Are y'all still with me? Y'all still with me on Facebook? Thank you very much. There are those who invest in stocks. Those who watch the market and say, yes, I see that's coming. Oh, I can see, old man, in a few years I'm going to be a millionaire. And I'll be able to quit this job that I can't stand. Don't say it in front of your boss or your coworkers because it gets back. But we look at the stock markets and we say, yes, I'm going to jump on board with that. Unfortunately, stocks will rise and stocks will fall. And if you have watched and been keeping up with the news, you know that they have these so-called driverless cars now. And one company has taken a major hit. Because there have been so many, I won't say so many, but there have been accidents over the years as a result of these cars. And guess what their stock is doing? It's going down. It was popular, but now the popularity is wearing off. Let's look at some of the things that were popular at one point, but they quickly faded. Anybody remember the fire phone? Anybody? Raise your hand. Anybody remember the fire phone? That tells you how popular it was. Google Plus, they tried to launch it, but it didn't work. And I didn't do a whole lot of research on these. The Sedgeway, are you correcting me? The man with one shoe. You correcting me? You walk in here with one shoe, and you're going to try to correct me. Huh? Oh, you got two shoes. All right. Somebody else in here is probably missing one. But the Segway. Segway? Thank you. Segway. All right. Now, they were open to the public, and a lot of people bought them, but they never caught on. The only people that use them now is, is ball, was it Paul Mark, the, ball, the Walmart cop, or whatever. Anyway. <laughs> but police officers are really the only ones that use them because maybe they have to carry, they have to patrol such a large area that they can't drive, and it's too far to walk. The Fitbit. They said that really the reason, one of the reasons this one didn't catch on, because people were getting rashes on their arms. Or their wrists. But it didn't take off. And then, of course, the Pazone. Am I saying that right? Pazone? Oh, you don't know that one, but you know Sedway. Okay, all right. But the Pazone. All of these things that mankind said, and, and they tried. I mean, you don't know unless you try. But these things came out. The popularity didn't catch on. And they didn't make it. But Jesus was part of God's special plan. And he was not concerned about being popular. He came to do the work that his father sent him to do. And you know they say the best advertising is what? Word of mouth. And his name got around. The name got around. Even when people came up to him and said, Jesus, Jesus, think about it, blind men. We're sitting on the side of the road and say, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. Because they, heard, they couldn't see Jesus. They heard about Jesus. I'm sure there was no Braille back in that time. 
they heard about Jesus and his popularity spread throughout the land. But in all of what Jesus did while he was alive, there came a point where he started to foretell. He would tell those closest to him, to his disciples, that his time of death was going to come. And all that he did and all that he, he shared with other people, why, Jesus? Why would you leave your heavenly throne and come and save my life? Because he knew his purpose. We talk about vision and purpose on Thursday nights. You have a purpose in God's kingdom. And I'm not saying that God's going to tell you and require you to hang on a cross. It may be for you to just go out in the neighborhood and just pass out a few tracks. It may be to go up and give somebody on your job a hug. We don't hug here. Yes, we do now. God has a purpose. But Jesus, Jesus said, my time has come. This building that you see erected will be torn down, but in three days it will be re-erected. Why would he do this? Why would he suffer such a death? Why wouldn't God just let him die of old age? Why couldn't he live to be a thousand years old? Because it was foretold of his death. It was foretold of his death. There are so many myths, and I'm almost done. There are some myths that people have about salvation. They think one thing, and the Bible will easily contradict that. So let's look at some myths about salvation. Number one. God should accept me just as I am. After all, Lord, you made me in your image. You know how I think. You know how I roll. You know I get in my moods, especially if I ain't had my coffee. You know when I get this kind of way or when I get a little stressed, you know I am, Lord. So you better accept me just as I am. The problem is not Jesus accepting us for who we are with our faults with our flaws, with our sin. It's not him accepting us. It's that we don't accept him. We don't want to accept a Savior who lived and walked and lived this life in the flesh, yet without sin. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says, we don't have a high priest. We don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize or to understand our weaknesses. Because Jesus was flesh and blood. He was not given some supernatural power to resist everything. He stayed in communion with God. That's how he overcame. But we have one who was tempted in every way just like we are. If you read the book of John in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the book of John says that there were so many more works that Jesus did that if they were written, the world could not contain them. Trust me, there were were things that Jesus was enticed with. I'm sure there were people who came to him and tried to pay him not to teach the gospel. 
There were, I'm sure there were women who came to him and said, Jesus, I want to have your baby. I mean, let's be for real. Those kind of things have been going on since the beginning of time. But Jesus was tempted in every way, just like you were, just like I am. But he didn't sin. Why? Because he stayed in communion with the father. Myth number two. Jesus knows how much I sacrifice. Jesus, you know I'm in school. You know I'm taking college courses. You know I've got to take care of my family. Lord, you know how much they work me on my job. Lord, you know how much I work to provide for my family? I'll get to you when I get to you. And if it's not today, I'll let you know. But what does the Bible say? And he said unto all of them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross when? Daily. And follow me. If you want to be my disciple, you have to first deny yourself. You don't have to change your name. You don't have to get a surgery, any type of operations, nothing like that. Well, we've got to deny our will. Pick up our cross daily. We've got to get in God's face every day. Lord, what do you have for me to do? Lord, and as I said before, if you want God to move, you've got to pray and you've got to praise. You've got to pray and you've got to praise. Y'all are mighty quiet in here. And then my last point. Jesus already died for me. I'm in. What, what more is there to do? The price has already been paid. If someone tells you, and, and maybe you've done it, maybe you've ex- been on the receiving end, someone tells you, oh, your bill's already paid, that person over there at the table, they already paid it for you. Wow. So this bill has already been paid? The gateway or the road to salvation has already been paid? Yes, it's been paid. Is there anything else left for me to do? Yes, there's something left for you to do. And what does the Bible say? It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus died for you, but if you don't accept him, it's of no avail. Someone says, well, your meal is paid for. It's okay, I'm not eating. I'm not hungry. Really? A free meal and you don't want to eat. Ruth Chris, Aberdeen Barn, and you're not hungry? No, I'm not hungry. No thanks. No thanks, I don't want it. But the price has already been paid. So we confess Jesus is Lord of our life. We say, Lord, I want you to be a part of me and I want to be a part of you. But what are we talking about? We're talking about transformation. So where does the transformation, where does the transformation in all this begin? Now, let, I want to go on the record as saying, we, we invite people to open altar and we tell them, hey, we don't care. You come as you are, whatever, you, whatever you're wearing today. We told one lady yesterday, we prayed for, for her family. We took the groceries in the house for her. But we told them, hey, wear your comfortable tennis shoes. We just want you to be comfortable. 
But let it go on the record that since open altar started, this is the first time I've worn a tie. Yes, this is the first time I've worn a tie. <laughs> Ask Pastor Wendy, she dresses me every morning. But this is the first time I've worn a tie. But I, I want to sh- show you something. Imagine, if you will, according to my attire, that this, this is what we, what we live in. My shoes are the foundation. And everything stands on the foundation. Am I right? Now, whether your foundation is weak or strong, you've got to go back to God. But we stand on the foundation. My, my trousers will be the world we live in. And it all looks the same. It's all one solid piece of material. This is, this is the world we live in. But let me fast forward. Let me jump up. This shirt, this white shirt, it's the Father. It's heaven. Clean. Pure. Amen? Y'all see that? And this vest is you. So what is the connection between the shirt and the vest? It's right in front of you all. What is the connection between the shirt and the vest? The tie. So Jesus extending himself from heaven down unto the body and saying, I'm connected to you. But are you connected to me? He says, yes, Lord. I'm connected to you. Are you really? Well, we we look alike because we're both blue. Are we not both blue? Are we both blue? Come on, y'all. Are we both blue? Jesus is blue. And you're blue. Yeah, but there's something about you. And you don't look like me. I walked in the flesh even as you walk in the flesh, but we're really not the same. But I've confessed you as my Lord and Savior. But there's something different. He's still connected to the Father, and Jesus is on us, but he's not in us. And he's saying, you know what? If you really want to be like me, I need you to expose yourself. I need you to learn to open up. Well, what do you mean, Lord? You've got to learn how to pick up your cross. Deny yourself and follow me. Learn to be vulnerable. You're not going to look like everybody else. Remember I talked about popularity? We want to continuously fit in with other people. But those people can't always help you. I'm not telling you to get rid of all your friends. But the Lord's saying, you got to open up and realize that on the inside of you is more of heaven. And you've got to open yourself up and allow heaven to be seen on the inside of you. Y'all with me? And when you open yourself up and God is saying, turn your life around. I need you to start looking like me. Open yourself up. Heaven is on the inside of you. And now... You see the connection? Now you look just like me. You don't look like the world. You look just like me. And that's what people need to see. They need to see that you're connected to to the Father. 
You're connected to me and you're connected to them. Because the only way that you got to where you were is because I died for you. I died for them, but they don't understand that. And I'm not coming back down to earth to die for them again. And I'm not asking you to die to them for them. I'm asking you to die to yourself daily. Heaven is on the inside of you. Let it come out. Open yourselves up. Open yourselves up. There is, and the Bible tells us that to every one of us is dealt a measure of faith. A measure of faith. Let heaven come out of you. So that when people look at you, it's like there's something different about you. Oh, yeah. It is, ain't it? It is, isn't it? You don't look like us. Yeah, I'm, I'm like you. And you're not, you're not above them. Amen? We're not above anyone. We just don't look like them. Amen. Y'all, y'all understand that? Hallelujah.